afresh today, we come back to Calvary for the sixth trip. We've been to Calvary for the five preceding Sundays. As we've listened to the words that have been uttered by our Lord himself from the cross, after he's been nailed there in anguish and pain, having been scourged through the night, and now hanging on the cross of Calvary, we've listened to him as he's spoken to us in five other sayings. Today we come to the sixth and the final word, seventh word of Jesus from the cross. Today we make our sixth trip to Calvary to hear the words of the Savior. We come to Calvary where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us, where he commended his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Calvary, where he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his chastisement of our peace was put upon him, where his stripes we are healed. Calvary, where the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world was offered as a ransom for our souls. Calvary, where Christ finished the work of redemption that the Father had sended, sent him, excuse me, and commanded him to do. Calvary, think about it. Calvary, oh Calvary, was it meant for him? No, it was meant for me. But he took it in my place. Calvary, where all who believe on him shall have forgiveness and everlasting life. In the past five weeks, I've tried to lead us through a time of a better, maybe even a deeper understanding of those words that our Lord uttered while hanging on the cross. I've tried to share with you some spiritual truths and some depth and insights of the serious meaning of his words spoken from the cross that we might understand the seriousness of the cross and Jesus being on the cross. And it is our everything this morning is what, is what he's done for us through his death on the cross. We've looked at Calvary where God incarnate suffered our hell so that we could gain heaven, where God of creation gave himself for the creature, man, where he paid a debt he did not owe because we owe a debt we cannot pay. And today we return to the foot of the cross, return to Calvary to listen intently for another word from the Savior there, a word of encouragement in the midst of all of the suffering and the pain that has been shared with us through these studies on the cross. We listen for a word of encouragement. We stand amazed this morning at what we have witnessed 
through the testimony of the word of God. As the song suggests, we fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, as we realize what he's done for us. And now, hear his sixth statement from the cross. As given to us in the Gospel of John, chapter 19 and verse 20, where he cried out, It is finished. It is finished. A cry of victory. Some would mistake this as a cry of giving up, a cry of defeat. But oh no. We must understand this is a cry of victory that he came to do, that that he left the splendor of heaven for, that that he left his throne in heaven for, there that he, that, that he left the being the center of praise and worship and adoration in all of heaven, he left that to come for us. It's now complete. A cry of victory. But just what is finished? Why could he make that cry of victory? Or oh, we could jump to the end real quickly and just sum it up. But I want us to walk through a few things this morning that it was a cry of making a statement that he had finished everything he came to this earth to do. Nothing was left out. Not one biblical prophecy of the Old Testament had been left without being completed in him. He finished everything that was ever said, written about him coming. All prophecy concerning him is now fulfilled. The prophecy concerning his birth. Genesis 3.15 said he would be born of the seed of the woman, and we know that the Virgin Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 7, 14 said he would be born of a virgin, and we see that being fulfilled in him being born of the Virgin Mary. Genesis 22:18, he would be born of Abraham's seed, and we know that is true. In 2 Samuel 7:12, he'd be a descendant of David, and we understand that that is true. Isaiah 49:1 says, he would be named before he was born, and that was finished. Micah 5, 2 said he would be born in Bethlehem. All of those things concerning his birth had been finished as he came to the cross of Calvary. But also the things written about him, and I cannot do an all-inclusive study here, but just to mention a few of the things written about his life, Isaiah 35 says, of it talks of his miracles that he would perform while he was on the earth, that he did those things. Psalm 40, 17 said he would be poor, and he says that foxes have a place to sleep, and the, but yet he does not, as the Son of Man, have a place to even lay his head to go to sleep or to, to bed down. Psalm 107, 29 talks about him the tempest 
And we understand in the midst of the raging storm while on the ship with the disciples, he simply said, peace be still. And the wind subsided and the waves settled down. Zechariah 9.9 told us of his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And this is the day that we celebrate that Palm Sunday when he would come paraded in and riding on the back of a donkey and there would be those waving the palm leaves as they said king of the Jews and celebrated his coming. The sayings of the cross had fulfilled the remaining things that had been written about him even when he said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me a fulfillment of prophecy and now it is finished. Not only is the prophecy concerning him fulfilled and finished, but his suffering and separation from the Father is now complete. His life had been on this earth had been a long road of suffering. Beginning with his birth in Bethlehem shortly after that when Herod demanded that all of the two-year-olds and younger males be put to death of the Jews. And he was taken by his mother Mary and Joseph, and they fled to Egypt. His, his life was a life of suffering. He was misunderstood even by those closest to him at age 12 when he stayed back at the temple and, and taught there for all those adults sitting around and amazed at his wisdom and knowledge his mother, when she realized he wasn't with them, came back and scolded him. Why have you done this? And he said to her, it's time that I be about my father's business. Even his disciples didn't understand his teachings and were perplexed and walked in wonder many times. The arrest in the garden the night before as he was there sweating drops of blood as he faced the death on the cross. Not that it was the death on the cross, but it was what was put upon him that he became our sins on the cross as he went through that time of troubles. Arrested in that night, dragged away like a thief, like a robber, like a murderer. The trials that night, nine of them, as he went through those mock fake trials and was ultimately pronounced that he would die on the cross because he was king of the Jews. And even the Jews rised up, rose up about that and riled up, I was about to say about that. And they went and said, don't say king of the Jews, but that he said he's king of the Jews. And Pilate said, what I have written, I have written that excruciating crucifixion that he faced by the nails being driven through his hands and through his feet the crown of thorns having been placed on his head and pierced his brow and there he hangs for those hours and suffering the torment of hell as he became our sins on the cross the suffering is now over. The separation had ended. 
the one thing that he had asked the Father for in the garden. If there's any way that this cup can pass from me, as he knew what was facing him of that time of separation when he became sin and, and the Father turned his back on him, and we talked about that last week, is my God, my God, or right, the week before, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As God turned his back on his only Son and the absence of the glory and the presence of a holy God brought darkness over the face of the earth. And as he walked through that darkness, having become our sins on the cross, he went through that suffering, crying out, that saying, why have you forsaken me? The sayings on the cross fulfilled the remaining things. Now it is finished. The separation had ended and it's over with. The broken fellowship is over with. The becoming our sins has been finished, complete. As he cried out, not a cry of defeat, but a cry of victory. A cry having finished what he came to do. Not only is it the finishing of all of those prophecies written and the suffering and the life and the, the, the awful pain of the cross is now over with and becoming our sins, but also Satan is defeated. He has no power over the Son of God. He has no victory over Jesus the Christ. He walked through this life being tempted, being, being scorned, and, 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 and suffering through all of those things. But now Satan is defeated. You see, there's a war been going on between righteousness and ungodliness since the Garden of Eden. God's plan was for man to have fellowship with him forever. Man was to glorify God. Man was to be submissive to the Father. But Satan had won a victory in the temptation of Eve. But he lost in Adam's decision to follow Eve so that the Messiah may come as the woman would later be the seed and Jesus would be born the Son of God. Then came the showdown of Calvary. Satan knew who Jesus was. He knew why he came. When Jesus entered his ministry at 30, Satan came to him as he's praying to the Father over this that he was facing. And he says, just tell the stones to turn into bread. You can do that as he tried to get him to step outside of the will of the Father and to fall to him. And he says, listen, if you'll just bow down and serve me, then I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. Tempted by Satan, Satan knew exactly who he was and why he came. When Jesus met the man possessed of the demon legion, and Jesus spoke to the man and spoke to the demon. The demon spoke out of the man and says, What do we have to do with thee, thy son of the most high God? Satan knows exactly who he is, knew exactly why he came, and knew he was the son of God. 
But then came the showdown of Calvary. Jesus had carried out fully the will of the Father. Nothing left to be done. It is finished. Satan is defeated. Jesus wins. Therefore, James 4, 7 says that we in Christ can resist the devil and he will flee from us, the victory being passed over and on to us. It is finished. Fourthly, I would say to you, salvation's atonement is completed. Everything that must be done for the redemption of the souls of fallen man have been done. Jesus had earlier told of the reason for his coming. In Luke 19.10, he says, to seek and to save those who are lost. In Luke 10.10, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus satisfied once and for all a requirement for the sin offering. You know the sin offering that took place once a year when the blood would be taken by the high priest in the Holy of Holies and, and sprinkled on the hot coals of the mercy seat. When right before that, the scapegoat would be released into the wilderness, therefore signifying carrying the sins of the people far away and the sacrifice of the one that dies in their place and their, his blood being offered, as I said, in the Holy of Holies. Jesus satisfied all of that. He took our sins away. He died for our sins that we might not have to suffer the punishment of sin and that we could find forgiveness in him. It is now finished. The altar has been replaced with a table of communion instead. Our sins were placed upon him and he became our scapegoat. He satisfied the sin offering with his innocent blood being shed from Calvary. My sin. Oh, the bliss of that glorious thought, the songwriter says. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. My sin nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It's been paid for. He finished it. We could have forgiveness. Now every believer has the same privilege of the high priest. We don't have to have someone to go into the holy place for us and to pray or to seek communion with God on our behalf. Listen, we all have entered into the priesthood of the believer through the work of Jesus on the cross and the forgiveness we've received, cleansed of every sin, and have the privilege of going before the Father to the altar room of, of heaven and praying and communing with him because of what Jesus has done. Yes. He finished salvation for all. Nothing, nothing can be added to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Nothing. 
People try to add finish to the finished work of Christ. Preacher, I don't think I'm good enough for God to save me. Thinking they got to add some goodness to it. Preacher, I, I don't think I can live it as though they can live any way that would be pleasing to God. I will get saved when I have that feeling. You see, you can't add anything to the finished work of Jesus. You can't add feeling. You can't add good works. You can't try to, try to turn over a new leaf. You simply have to trust. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. O Lamb of God, I come. He finished salvation, and nothing can be added to it. The work is finished. There's nothing that man can do to deserve God's salvation. It was finished by Jesus. I can't do anything to settle your sin debt. I can't add anything to help you take care of what you've done and have it removed from your life. I can't add a thing to it. But Jesus will wash it white as snow. The songwriter sighed, but drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself to thee. There's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands an old rugged cross. On the cross, a battle is raging for the gain of man's soul or its loss. On one side march the forces of evil, all the demons and devils of hell. That's right. On the other is angels of glory, and they meet on Golgotha's With the forces of conflict And the sun, it refuses to shine For there hangs God's sun Yeah. 
Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he died. His last saying gives testimony of the fellowship with the Father is now restored. It's finished. I've completed what you sent me to do. And now, Father, with restored fellowship, I trust you. Do you understand he did it for you? Do you understand he did it for you? For you. It's finished. And all he asks of you is that you trust him. With a simple faith, trust in him for what he did on Calvary, for your forgiveness and your eternity. Would you do that this morning? If you've never come to faith in Christ, if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, would you do that this very morning? Lord, have your way. This time of invitation, draw those to you that ought to believe and to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.